Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, this is the Whitetail Experience Podcast. This is your host, Byron Horton. This is going out July 4th week, despite I am recording this in podcast land a touch early and have been holding this podcast. This was the most DM talked about podcast I did last year. This is with William from Fleet. And if you're not familiar with Fleet, they make whitetail-specific, generally elevated tree stand levels where the camouflage price shines the most at hunting gear. And I like William because he is a dude that you could like have a barbecue with and beer and go to deer camp with. No offense to the big name companies of the world, the Sitka First Light, blah, blah, blahs. Like, I've heard their marketing directors talk on podcasts. And like, William by far is the most like enjoyable dude to just chat with. He's funny, he's witty. There's an 80s uh, action movie reference, so that should go well. But. Yeah, I just think it's a it's it's a good conversation. We do talk some of his deer hunting in Canada last year. He shot a chocolate horn. I think it was a six or a seven point. It was, it was a cool wide frame deer. But we talk that, and then obviously we do talk some gear, and then we talk some grilling, some cooking, uh, very timely. So I am I am excited about that. I have the green light to get some cams out this coming weekend. So I have prepped, I don't know, 13 or 14 soldiers. <laughs> I have ordered a few more because I have a batch that I have not got to. And then I, I pulled all my cams at my small farm and I set them on the like trail going back to the truck. And when I went to leave that day, I definitely didn't take that trail home and uh, left probably, I don't know, four or five cams sitting there in the middle of a four-wheel type path. They might, they might have gotten lifted. Uh, who knows? I haven't been out there in a good bit, but... I'll uh, hopefully get those back in the arsenal here. That being said, wanted to thank my Patreon guys. Oh, big giveaway announcement. If you join Patreon by Sunday, like the first weekend in July, I don't know, I'm going to call that 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere in there, you are entered to win an RL1 site. And that is the top tier carbon framed single pin slider from Redline. I have an extra one, so I am giving that away on Patreon. If you're interested in up, upping your filming game, I have a like self-filming, increase your production value, better oh, photos of recovery, some branding, some marketing. Like I, I put together a web course, kind of designed for the solo producer in mind. There's a handful of podcasts. There's some like video examples. There's cool editing tips, techniques that I use. Like I'll make a, a badass uh, sizzle or short, and I'll be like, "This is how I did it." And yeah, that's available through Patreon. It's kind of like my hosting website. And once you submit to the, the web course tier, you have access to all that. And it's work at your own pace type thing. All right, let's get to this with William. Enjoy. Okay. Recording in progress. All right, we are live. So on the podcast with me today is William from Fleet. And I had him on, I think, prior to last hunting season. So we're going to catch up with him because he went everywhere and anywhere in, in during his 2022 pursuits. Uh, we got a buck that dies. We got some new gear items. And we're going to talk summer barbecue skills. So buckle up, folks. William, welcome back to the show, man. 
super pumped to be here, guys. <laughs> this is awesome. And you just uh, slayed a bird last week. I've shot two now. I'm tagged oh, out. I'm man. done. Done. Donezo. But I have, we have a big group. So we have a big veterans hunt coming this week. And so we have four, maybe five hunters coming to town on Wednesday. And yeah, it's going to be Wednesday to Sunday, nonstop turkey hunting. Okay. What are on the turkey scale? Are you like all in or it's kind of fun? Uh, where are you at as far as turkey hunting, passion, pursuit compared to your white tail? Okay, so I am all in on turkey hunting, but on the spectrum, I'm like a zero when it comes to like turkey calling. Man, I like, I need a box call. <laughs> I need a box call. My like, I don't know, my beard or something. Like, I go back and forth. I just cannot get consistent calling with a mouth call. And so, like, I need that box call. That's just my sound check out there in the woods. Like, am I sounding good? Oh, let me just get a little box call to re recalibrate where I'm at in the woods. <laughs> I like it. I, I that That's kind of the crowd I was in until I went elk hunting. And then I decided, because I still hunt sometimes for turkeys in the big woods where I – uh I don't like to like sit still. I literally choose the still hunting method and I kind of, you know, I can call then uh, with the mouth call or whatever, but I got to put it in the truck about a month before season. Yeah. So that, I do the same thing. Like I'm in the carpool line dropping kids off and I'm like calling, calling the, the kids out in the, in the carpool line and they're like, what the heck is going on? And then like the teachers are looking at me all weird. <laughs> this guy's a little bit on the spectrum, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. So real quick for maybe any new members, give us uh, the quick company profile of Fleet Outdoors, and then we got to we gotta hear about this Canada buck. So Fleet Outdoors, we make outdoor hunting clothes for whitetail hunters, but obviously hunting clothes spans the whole gamut. We're using it turkey hunting, we're using it elk hunting, moose, anything and everything, but our niche is like, we make gear for whitetail hunters, and that is what we live and breathe and die for all day, every day. And um, sell across the country, have customers in every state, and just like living our best lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Nice, yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan of of kind of that mission statement. Like that is a oh, I saw you do a video one time, and you're like, we're a niche, we're a niche within a niche, but like we want to <laughs> own that space. Exactly. I so like. I went to all the way to Canada to chase whitetail deer. Like it is unbelievable. Like I just love it. I love deer hunting. I love getting after whitetail for some reason. Like I started when I was four and I've been able to hunt a lot of different animals, but I always find myself going back to whitetail. It is just, it's a year round pursuit in my mind. It's live and die early season, late season, you name it. There's nothing more exciting than chasing after big whitetail. Nothing. I'm sorry. There's nothing like it. it yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. And so you had mentioned you went all the way to Canada, but you also went to like four or five other states. But like in Canada, you were there on a mission testing some gear, but also shot a beautiful chocolate horned buck. And so maybe let's tell our audience, one, what gear you're testing or kind of some of the purpose there. And then um, give us uh, some details on, on on harvesting that animal. Yeah. So we were up there in Alberta and we were down kind of like east of Alberta, about two hours. And we were chasing whitetail at elevation. I've never done this before. So like they were all the way up at 6,000 feet, all the way down at like river bottoms. And we were going up and down much like elk hunting. It was, it was weird. Like we were 
running gun whitetail hunting. Never done that before, but it was so awesome. And it was rut time. And so like go up to big glassing points and there's glass as far as the eye can see. And we would see whitetail and we were like, that looks like a giant deer, but like all I can see is like this little spectrum, like through a spotting scope 2000 yards away. It was awesome, but it was freezing, freezing, so cold that on one day we couldn't get our brakes unlocked. Like the car was completely frozen shut. We wow. dragged it like a, a mile with a tractor trying to just force the wheels to come unfrozen. Didn't happen. And so wow. like that, like that's how frozen it was. And so we're dealing with like 30, 40 kilometer winds, negative 30, 40 degrees Celsius. Like it was brutal, but deer were still moving. When it's the rut, deer are going to move, and that was insane. What uh, what time of year on the calendar was it? Was it like late November to get that cold up there? Yeah, okay. it was late November, but it was freakishly cold. And uh, we wanted to go up there and test gear, but like it went from like testing like what we were thinking, like we were testing our new Phantom X series and all that, but like it quickly dropped into like so cold, like you had to have like you would have died <laughs> if if you didn't have the right gear. Like yeah. there's no question, like it was, it was brutal and, uh, running up and down the hills. Well, oh, man, I sweated it out. It was, it was awesome. And like, I was like, I learned a lot in terms of what our gear can and can't do, uh, which is important. Like, cause, cause we get the phone call all the time. Like, is this going to keep me warm? Yes. It's going to keep you warm, but man, you're going to sweat. Like you got to learn to pack it in. Like there's with deer hunting, like it's such a weird action. Like, you're going to go from high exertion to no exertion for super long duration. So like I'm going to walk five miles in and then I'm going to sit there for like eight hours. And like all that moisture, all that energy you just built up is being absorbed in your clothes. Like everyone knows that, like you sweat it out, you're going to temperatures drop, you get into the stand, you're going to freeze to death. It's horrible. And so like, you have to learn to max, uh, balance those. Go for it, man. <laughs> Now, let me ask this. So, so was there any like moment in that trip where you were out in the field and you were like, you know what, when we get back to the office, we are changing this because I needed to function like X on, oh, so on our, hit me. Our ice, our ice station is so dang warm. I've, and it's come across like unequivocally that we've gotten feedback from tons and tons of people that have been testing it. It's too warm. It's too warm. And I didn't, I never thought that to be the case, but like, we were we had people testing in North Dakota, like predator hunting, late December, hundred mile per hour winds across the plains, like right there, Devil's Lake. You got high humidity, tons of snow, tons of ice, and they were too warm. That's how warm. I mean, like, but so perspective, like Primaloft, which is the core installation that we're running in this item, has they have their like their flavors you have like your mid cheap grade i shouldn't say cheap they're low grade performance and then you have your high-end fibers and we're running the high-end fibers one rung below they're like the top of the top in theory it's meant for like climbing efforts like that's like they, that's what you're they're building that item for in that category so we're like one step below that and i always thought to myself like i wanted to go all the way like i wanted to be able to have a product and say like you could go climb Everest. Like, that's just an awesome ad right there. Like, go from my saddle to the top of Everest. Why not? Like, that sounds awesome. But like, oh my gosh, it was so warm. So, so warm. 
and like you just sweat and like you, you there's no way like you can't even lay your way out of it and okay. so like we we immediately came back to the shop and we're like the whole concept of like you can't be too warm yes you can be too warm uh it's just like we had to go find scenarios that even see if we could find a cold point we couldn't find it it was mm -hmm. always too warm and so like we came back and immediately are low in the insulation just because we have to like okay <laughs> nice. The other thing that we came back with was, and I still go back and forth on this. We we kind of shouted out to social media, safety port harnesses. Uh, in those cold environments, like is the safety port harness really necessary? Maybe I don't know. I go back and forth. I don't want to negate safety. I love the safety aspect. I love the people that use it. I'm a saddle hunter, and so I'm not using it. And a lot of our customers are saddle hunters. They're not using it. They want, they want something that's like more functioning for saddle hunting, not tree stand safety harness hunting. But more and more I talk to people, I actually haven't met someone that's used the safety port harness in the last year or two. They're just yeah. throwing it over and that's just what they're doing. Like they don't want to feed that cord through that, all those, all those little holes. So that's something that may be on the chopping block for us. Cause it's one, it adds to the cost of the garment. So you end up paying for it Two, if you're not using it. So like, you're paying for it and not using it. I'd rather deliver one, a more affordable product that cuts it out. But then two, ultimately it's a weak point in the garment. Like we've done thermal testing. Lots of warmth leads through that hole. I don't care how many flaps you put over that thing. You think you're fine. Heat is dumping out of that hole drastically. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I went for one hunt where I used a uh, safety pro uh, port out of the back. And so I go to get dressed at the base of the tree. Cause I, it was a pack in hunt. And like, here I am trying to reach over my shoulder and get the final like four or five inches of the tether <laughs> out. Like, I just can't imagine. And, and my core audience is like the mobile run and gun, um, regardless of tree stand. Like, so in a rut, when most guys are taking their vacation, generally they might have two to three layers on. Why would I want to thread it through three layers? Yep. Like, that's just an extra step. I already got a jack around with X, Y, and Z. Like, no. So I left a I left a comment full send punt on <laughs> on on no no port harnesses in the back save a little money you know better performance I'm all about it and I get like anxiety when I get to the base of the tree I like have anxiety that like my booner buck is like six six feet away from me I just need to get in that tree as quickly as possible like I'm like my pants are around my ankles exposure type thing when I'm at the base of that tree I need to get up as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think I have less anxiety setting up for a mobile hunt in the dark. Cause I'm like, even though I'm in the dark headlamp, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, I legally can't shoot him. So even if he yeah. is standing there watching me, uh, you know, it's, it's not like I'm costing myself an opportunity. I might be, but I can't legally shoot him. I gotta uh, get up there. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask this. So, so why don't you break down like, uh, cause you were successful on this can can Canadian trip. Let's hear a little bit about the buck. So yeah, uh, we spotted this buck day two, day three, and he was super unique for us. Like he was, I, he ended up scoring 149 inches as a seven pointer, like just a giant seven pointer. So like he stood out super unique, uh, chocolate antlers, but like he was like six and a half, seven and a half. Like when I, that's a million dollar question, like aging deer with like jawbones and everything, like. At a certain point, like it, it becomes impossible. Like mature, mature jawbone, super old deer. We spotted him. Oh my gosh, we walked 
our tails off. I think over the course of this entire trip, we walked over 60 miles. So perspective, walking through three feet of snow, 60 miles. But anyway, spotted this deer day three or day two, day three, and just started like literally hitting this whole valley everywhere we could uh, to get back on him. Because again, we're doing spot and stalk. We spot him at about 3,000 yards with spotting scopes and he's chasing, it's rutting. And so like the concept of like, oh, he's going to be there, he's going to bed. No, he's chasing whitetail, chasing does everywhere. And so like, we're like, all right, he's going to this side. So we hike all the way up and like, you're bushwhacking it through three feet of snow, man. Like it was not easy going up 2000 feet vertical. Not an easy hunt. I'm no. not in the best shape. I'm a dad bod. I have four kids. <laughs> I still work out, but man, I was smoked. I was smoked and I was sweating. I was dropping layers, but man, we saw him like three or four times hiked all the way up on day end of day four all the way up to the top of this area and we looked down and there he is in the river bottom we didn't need to walk up this giant mountain to get see and then once he's down the river bottom we got all the way down there and made a game plan got right up on him ended up shooting him at like 15 yards it was unbelievable yeah it was right there like and we didn't have to do anything <laughs> i remember I was like why did we walk up that hill he was right there the whole time but man it's just a testament to how tough these animals are because like he weighed 365 pounds oh giant, my word. and not an ounce of fat on him not an ounce of fat like he was just a sheer tank ronnie coleman to at his peak man like not an ounce of fat on him running around like crazy up and down these hills doing circles around us and yeah it was an awesome. I'll never forget that. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. That is so cool. And, and, uh, being that big, I, I have heard, um, that taxidermists, they have to buy a special Canadian mount yep. be because they're just, they're just so much bigger through like the chest, shoulder, neck area. It was, a, it was like a cow, man. Like I like walking up to this animal, like you, so like you have like ground shrinkage, like you go to Texas, and like you shoot a deer and it looks massive. You walk up to it and, and then the body size just it like it's a Labrador with antlers. Yeah, but like you just don't get it. Like, and so like you see these animals and they look small, but then you walk up to this deer and oh my gosh, like I've never seen a 365 pound deer before. Like I had no concept, but like you hold his antlers. I'm like, this is a giant deer. And then you stand next to this body and it's like a cow. And like I was, when we started field dressing, I fully expected to be covered in fat, not an ounce on it, man. Like it is just like, it's a different animal, man. It's a different creature. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we dragged that thing, got it cleaned up. But, oh yeah. It was so awesome. And when I brought it to the States down here for the taxidermy, the guy like pulled out the measurements on the, the tan, the hide and everything is like, I'm going to have to go get this special. I didn't know that. I didn't know, like, you had to get a different, like, mold and everything. He's like, I got to get the bigger mold. It's like, people say they need it. He's like, no one ever needs it. He's <laughs> like, this is, I'm going to have to do this. And so, like, it was an extra, I had to charge more. I was expecting it to cost, like, X for the, the mount. No, nah, yeah. man, it was, like, 25% more, but I totally think, worth it. Yeah, that is so cool, <laughs> man. That is so cool. So I wanted to to shift to some of the oh YouTube video I saw I think now two three weeks ago where you guys kind of walked through some of the new gear items um, loud on the table it looks like what did you feel before we get into some of the garments that are coming like you're like man fleet needs X going into 2023 like what did you feel like was the hole in the bucket that you felt was the biggest priority 
Uh, probably. So our best sell is the Phantom Jacket. Phantom Jacket and Pants. We're running low on inventory. But, like, I've been working, we've been working on developing a new fabric. So we partnered with a new mill that basically, like, their niche is camo. But, like, I'm like, all right, awesome, man. Like, color matching is great, but, like, I like the fabrics. Like, I want, like, and I have specs that I want in fabrics that are, like, this style fabric, interlock knits, interlock woven. Like, I have, like, certain things that I'm looking for out of fabric. I was like, I love that you do the camo, but, like, can we do the custom? Like, I want to take this fabric, let's make it 2% heavier, 20%, 200% heavier. Like, I'm looking for a custom. And so, like, I've been working on this one fabric for two years now. And we finally, so, like, got the fabric developed. But then the the challenge was then getting the colors right. I think we spent a solid year getting the colors identified to really match. Like our camo is really difficult because of the high contrast. So like when you like just think to sheer, like dropping a pen on a color, like getting how the colors all come together and interact, it becomes really difficult to like not have it be too dark, too light, to have the high contrast colors in a custom developed fabric that like they've never made before. They've never printed on it before. And so like it's custom among custom. It's like I've been working on this for two years, man. And we finally like got it all perfect. Nice. Well, okay. So again, what was like you're like, man, I want to fill this gap. Like, what's the biggest yes. opportunity? So it is dead quiet, dead, dead quiet fabric, fully waterproof, fully windproof. It's durable. So like it's a really thick outer shell. So a lot of people will make like soft shell, soft shell, three-layer fabric. So simple layers, exterior membrane then you have the fleece where people like to build weight into a fabric is they'll make the fleece the next to the skin that'll be like a heavier fleece and so like that's where you're building your warmth up i took the inverse i focus on the exterior because that's where you get your your snags your tears that's where the fabric can break down like original hunters man they hunted with leather they they killed an animal like that's what matters, that exterior fabric. That's what's protecting you from the elements. And so we built that aspect up. The challenge with that is now you got to factor in stretch. You need four-way stretch to move with you because you're moving through the woods. You're running, you're gunning, you're doing all that stuff. And like, I needed something that stretch and durable and had the membrane that had breathability specs that were to our standards and then had fleece for the next skin comfort. And so like, I was like, it took us like a long time to get this all together, but no. Now you have a three-layer soft shell that's dead quiet, dead quiet, extremely durable, extremely durable. And when I say durable, like we're testing, snag testing. So like we have like a testing mechanism that basically like, imagine like toilet paper, a toilet paper roll, yeah. a giant one of those with the fabric going across a thing. And then they drag a ball and chain across it. Like that has like, giant prickers on it knife tears all that and you do that for like 30 days literally you run this machine for 30 days and you then test it like that fabric is going to be degraded like and so like we have a standard like the degrading of that fabric has to have less than you know one snag one tear like minimal visible and so like there's certified graders that do this and it's like we have our standard it passed that standard it's soft it's stretchy, it's thick, and oh, it's perfection. It's perfection. And nice. so, like, 
and so like we needed that because like right now current deer hunting is very much all about they do a great job of matching the camo and getting the colors right but like i don't know of a garment out there that's fully customized like they're taking like a standard fabric package developing it and then spend all the time to get the colors right we went the other way around like i wanted the fabric to be perfect then spend the time to get the colors matched and so like i don't know of another garment out there i can't even explain it to people because the closest thing i can say is synthetic leather i think that's the closest way okay but like what what would you describe perfect application for this as far as like a time of year or like use like you know, is this a, a cold, like, cold it, item or more of a mid-season? So, like, it could function in the mid-season with a simple silky base layers underneath it all the way down to, like, 20 degrees, 10 degrees. So, that I was using – I ended up living in the Phantom when we were in Canada. I had to put insulation on, but at the core of it, it was the Phantom platform. That's what was keeping us warm. That's what's keeping the wind out. And so, like, this is designed from a layering perspective. And so, like, it's versatile enough to go in the mid-season and give you longevity all the way into the late season with proper insulation uh, and function between all those, all the nitty-gritty. So you get snow, fine. You get rain, you're fine. You get ice, you're fine. Uh, I would not recommend this as a traditional rainwear because it's not fully seam tape, but, like, you're going to be fine. Uh, water may seep through the cracks, but, like, I, it, it's awesome. <laughs> It's it's pretty wicked. And so I wanted to, the Phantom is our best seller. It's so versatile. I And I wanted it to take it to the next level and truly deliver to the market the perfect soft shell hunting experience. And I think that platform is what all whitetail hunters need. You don't need to have like your mid-season garment and then you change out your system and then have your late season garment. Like you should have, one system that gives you longevity through the entire season and you just complement it with little little products here and there like i'll add insulation today i'll drop that i'll put a vest on i'll add a base layer like that's what this is all about nice so will this be titled the the phantom 3.0 or or i yeah. i remember what, what, what's phantom, the name phantom x the x phantom series x. i love yeah. it <laughs> so, so i you just described myself as far as like, I have what I call like some October bow hunting pieces that I totally have to switch out my outer layer come November 5th ish when we start getting some 20 degree mornings. And yeah. so it being able to maybe now buy one piece and then add insulation to, but it's the same jacket. My stuff's going to be all, you know, I'll have my system fully dialed. Like I, I don't have to change it come the rut. And the biggest thing that I always struggle with soft shells is I'm a saddle hunter. Like, a lot of soft shells don't move with you. They don't stretch enough with you. And like, that's why before this, like I, I was stuck. Like I had to have that mid season garment because like when I'm climbing, I'm really running around. Like I wanted stretch. I wanted mobility, but I'm okay with losing stretch and mobility when it's cold out. Like I sacrifice, I'm going to layer up. I just like mentally accept that as like when it's cold, I can't move. I got to have all these layers. It is what it is. I wanted to like erase that from the board and say, you know what? Like I want to have a garment that I don't have to struggle lifting my leg up, whether it's October or December to make that extra long step in my, on my sticks up a tree. Like if I need to move, I need to stretch and need to all that. I needed that. That's what this delivered. Nice. Nice. So uh, it, with the new gear item, 
games. What do you feel is the sleeper pick of all the new ones? And what do you feel is going to be the most popular? Probably so, uh, sleeper pick is probably going to be the Wimper Fleece. Um, that is going to be – who doesn't love Wimper Fleece? Like, literally, who does not love Wimper Fleece? Uh, incredibly warm, incredibly soft. Uh, the only downside does not have the stretch of the Phantom X, but like that is going to be, I know so many people that may not like, they love the Winford Fleece and they will buy Winford Fleece. Like they, they could be invested in a whole nother camo pattern, but they're like, if you come out with Winford Fleece, I'm buying it. Like everyone just loves like Winford Fleece, unstoppable. That high burly fleece. Who doesn't love it? Like yeah. you're looking at, like it's like a baby sheepskin. It's yeah, super soft. I, I, I'm a fleece guy. Um, I've owned several garments that that I, yeah. And in the past, the the negative was if you got that wind that was maybe starting to get above eight miles an hour, mm-hmm. and you and, feel it. Yeah, you so, feel it. And so so to have that like my perfect setup right now is I wear the I wear a heavy base layers which is the H1 Polar Tech 320 gram fabric weight, super stretchy, super warm uh, base layer fabric. That's pretty awesome. Then I was wearing our windproof fleece vest underneath it with our Phantom X. Like I'd made the collars. I didn't want to go full on like, what's that movie? Uh, The vest, I don't know. I can't think of it. It'll come to me in a second. But anyway, the vest comes up high. Like it's got a high, so like you can- Like the Matrix? it could be the matrix or I'm trying to d- think of it. dracula like right like dracula yeah, like, used to like tuck into his yeah. his blade runner blade runner the new 2049 brian gosling always like how high can his collar go like that's like we didn't go full on like neck like face <laughs> but yeah <laughs> that's what we were going for so you can like snuggle in like i like when i get cold like i just want to like i'm in the tree i'm just sitting there i don't want to move like i just kind of sit down i hunker down get into that collar. And so that vest provides that warmth. but then I have all my pockets. So like I have all my gear already in my jacket. I'm not like wanting to take everything else. Like I have my one jacket, my one pants. That's what I run with the entire season. I don't want to change it. I don't like to, Oh, I forgot my call. I didn't, I have my gloves like permanently in my pants pockets. Like they just live there. So. Yeah. I love that aspect. Okay. So you think that's going to be like the sleeper pick or most popular sleeper. I think it's sleeper. What's going to be the most popular out of the new items? Maybe we already talked about it, but. No, no, no. T-1000 pants. T-1000 pants. It is, I I don't hold this to me. I'm I'm, like, we've not gotten full pricing of like end to end. So like for us and like when we do total cost of manufacturing, like there's cost of manufacturing, there's importing, there's shipping, but everything's down low right now. So like shipping costs, all that stuff is super cheap right now. So we're shooting for a $99 pants. That is our target price that we're coming to market with. And so, like, you sign up for the email, like, subscribe, like, you get a 15% discount. Like, you're you're buying what I would argue is probably the best hunting pant in the upper echelon category. I won't say there's it's the best because, like, it becomes – and when you get into the A category, like, there's just stylistic preferences. Yeah, like, we're talking, all, like – we're talking like the Kuyu attacks, the uh, yeah. ASAT NARS. Um, who else has got some? Uh, I'm sure that there's a handful out there. Yeah. But this, this, this up there, 
and the, with a discount, you're looking at buying a $75 pin, $80 pin. That is unbelievable. And like stretch, lightweight, early season, and then can transition into the mid later seasons with the right base layer underneath it. Like it is wicked, man. And like it's coming in all sorts of colors. <clears throat> oh, love that. Yeah. So like I think it's like five different color options right now. Uh, and so like that's going to be the best seller. I just like hands down, I've talked to enough people. We've struggled in the past, like entry level pant, the cheapest pant we sell right now is like 150, 160 bucks. And so like that was something that I knew out of the gate that we had to bring to market soon. And so like to have a $99 pant that is like perfection. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be our best seller. There's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. And then, some, you, you had more. mentioned some of the, like a oh, couple different colors, some of the earth tones, like the fall jacket, I have it in green and I wear that like around the house, out in the yard. I, I scouted in it because it is like a tougher, stretchy type material. It does well with thorns. So mm -hmm. like I probably didn't hunt in it one day, but I probably wore it the most out of 365. <laughs> so I'm coaching baseball in it. And like, the, but like one time I did come to the baseball, I coach baseball. I coach my uh, six, seven year old. And like I was in full camo and my wife thought I was like, people were looking at me like, what's going on? Uh, but I was like, I mean, camo, come on, let me coach baseball. Yeah. But like, I, when I don't have that, I had to come in. I wear that ball jacket, man, all the time. And like, it's innocuous. Like, is that a hunting jacket? Is that cool? Like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So something you, you did tease, and my audience needs to, to, to perk up on this, is you had thought about designing a couple garments very specific to a mobile hunter's needs. Mm -hmm. Um you want to speak any more to that? Is that something that is probably a year or two out, but like that's, that's so interesting. Is, we are, we are, so we are developing the fabric right now. Uh, and that is the, the exterior fabric. So like, it's going to be a three layer fabric, but we might be changing some things around this totally unique for saddle hunting. Uh, and we're probably a year out next season could be not this coming season, the season after that is when we're going to be coming to market with that. And we're working with some pretty awesome saddle hunting people that, uh, yeah, yeah that may or may not be within striking distance of the office. Yeah. And so it'd be pretty cool. It'll be pretty cool, uh, to have something that's truly unique for saddle hunting, um, in a really cool package. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Okay. So do you have anything else you want to drop here on the podcast related to gear garments? Uh, I know bibs are, are they, are they coming for sure? That, that's not awesome. this round. So, okay. so I, uh, I'm waiting the bib perfection. I want to come to market. We're going to probably come with like three bibs. And so like, I want, I want like a, just think like fall jacket, which you have on right there like a early season bib or maybe even like an overall, like a full coverall style, lightweight. I'm James Bond going to the woods. I'm leaving the office. I'm going to zip, zip this over my tuxedo and I'm going to go whack some deer. Like that's in the concept phases right now. And then like a full on three layer with insulation bib, ice station. Like once we get that, that insulation dialed back, it's more like, to what extent can we go back on it and maybe layer some, we'll see. 
but that's coming next season. Not this coming season, the season after that. And uh, the bibs may be, and the jacket may be rolled in with the saddle setup. Like they, they may all come together into one package. Love it. It's Love pretty it. cool. That like, like we're trying to incorporate like windproofing in the inverse. Like the get so like having like truly like the windproof is the outer layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 different. It's different, man. Like we're trying to get it so like imagine like a lightweight puffy. So like the like our North Star or our tailwind. So like that like really lightweight fabric and a brush concept that also has a membrane in it. So like think like packable down to a softball that is also has a membrane that is windproof and like your saddle setup could maybe come together and like here's my bibs and here's my jacket yeah and like william just made the shape of roughly a softball if you will and and yeah (laughs) that packability aspect i think that that would be very interesting yeah Um, and 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 maybe even playing with it maybe you guys got a a a a bib that is the size of a softball but he has another hunting jacket that he really likes but still yeah you're you're packing in that's i weighed my clothes last year they were uh my outer layer alone was seven pounds like more than my my pre-stand normally like clothes run between six and nine pounds like and like and then you that's a that's a serious amount of weight that's just in clothing that you're going to put on like what we're looking for is like softball size maybe a a kid's football size that can fit in like a cis hauler or some sort of like pouch and be able with the functionality to put on in the tree not like i want to be able to get up without sweating it out like walking in and getting up in the tree i'm all set up and then i put my gear on and it's like whip it out like you know shake dry and poof put my jacket on put my pants or my bib on big zippers or not big zippers easily lift but long zippers so i can slide my leg through dead quiet and be good to go love it that is so cool man that yeah yeah and uh you have a good uh amount of good testers in that mobile hunting game to to dial that in perfectly (laughs) Um, yeah. let's, let's, let's talk a little fun here. It is about to be peak grilling season here over the next several months. You had just bought a smoker last time we talked. I now own one and use it more than I thought I would. What is maybe a, like, what is your, your go-to meat and side dish recipe from the smoking world that, that, that you're like, Hey, we're having guests over. I'm making this. So I'm a big, I've been big on making like, brisket or pork belly and like making it kind of, I've been on an Asian thing lately. So like I've been making more like an Asian sauce. Uh but then I smoke it like the pork belly six, seven, eight hours. The brisket I'm running 20 hours long. I'm doing a full packer brisket. Uh but then the key aspect is like I'm loving to make like I like to make my own rice, rice cooker and then fluffing it with like some chili oils. And then oh, some man. like herbs, some herbs and like oh and like making a full on like Asian Thai rice and then like the pork belly and then like caramelize it so like I'll take like make like a hard barbecue sauce and then like I'll like blowtorch the exterior to get a nice little crispiness like yeah. little like it's sticky and then lay that down on the fluffed up rice it's like the chili oil rice and then a little garnish. 
it's money. It's so good. Nice. I, uh, I, I do a pretty good queso, like corn, Mexican street, no dip, if you will. That's like my favorite appetizer just because it's do easy. With the queso? So what do you do for it, the queso? it's like a, a pepper Jack cube. Let's see here. Cream cheese, layered corn, jalapeno, tahini seasoning. Oh, a can of Modella. Um, so yeah, like it, it's very simple, very easy. Throw it on there. It takes about two hours, but you can kind of have that going as you're finishing up yeah. main course. Um, we've done some barbacoa recipes that are probably my favorite. I, th I think I like beef a little more than I like some of the pork coming off of the smoker. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I have a go-to yet. I think I'm still developing my skills. My my co-host or my 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 you know, partner in crime, Dave Ebright, he is definitely team chef. Uh He's a much better cook than I am, but, but yeah, like I I've done some barbacoas where I smoke the second half and like some chilies and adobo sauce and, and, uh, get some fixings in there. I did started. Have you ever heard of sodium citrate? No. Get it on Amazon. Uh, it's like 10 bucks or five bucks. And it is a chemical that basically it skips the process of having to make a root. So if you want to make the best mm. queso in the world, I always make a roux. So like I'm hardcore. I make a roux, match butter to flour ratio. I'm cooking it so I don't burn it. And then I start slowly adding the milk. Like I make really good queso. I love my queso. And I just shipped it to sodium citrate. So stick of butter, 20 grams of sodium citrate in there. Cook that down a little bit. Full pint of heavy cream and you can put any cheese you want in there. If you want to make mac and cheese, like a brick of Parmesan, a brick of cheddar, and then a brick of smoked Gouda, shred that in the food processor, dump that all in there. Best queso you've ever had for mac and cheese. You want to substitute the Parmesan for Monterey Jack, the best chips queso you've ever had. Like, I, mm. it's so easy. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's like a, I think it's a salt type. That's like from fruit, like oranges, I think. I could be totally off and like making stuff up, but it's a sodium citrate. Get on Amazon and it, it just allows you to make the best, creamiest, perfect queso in the world. So I'm, I, I, Dave would be chirping in here. Do you make your own uh, homemade tortilla chips? Cause he's been making his homemade, like it, frying them up. Yeah. He says it's next yeah. level. It is next level. Cause like the timing of pulling out the chips and salting them. So I just go to the grocery store and I get the like the little like tiny six inch, seven inch like taco tortillas. I prefer the flour. My wife prefers the corn tortillas. No, flour, flour tortilla guy. Yeah. Yeah. Flour tortillas. And I just cut those into quarters. I cut it in like it's literally like a stack of like 100 tortillas, cut them into quarters, throw that into like 320 degree oil uh, right on my countertop. They're done in like three minutes. But the minute you pull them out and you salt them for some reason, it's like perfection, man. And the chip is like a little heavier duty chip. You don't have any crumbles and like <laughs> it just gets just right. Like just right. <laughs> love it. Love it. And Dave and I also, we need this take from you. Um, pulled pork sandwich or pulled pork nachos? Oh, pulled pork nachos. My like man. I, I'm so like, I like I I'm I'd like to so I run this is this is getting a little personal the, the Mondays and Sundays I normally will cook like twenty chicken breasts on my smoker and I'll cook that and that's my meal all week chicken and rice 
That's just I'm I, my macros. I hit my targets. I'm good to go. Chicken and rice. Then on Saturdays, I have my one cheat meal, like my where I blow it all out. Last Saturday was full pork nachos, the queso. But I like, but like I don't want to go out. Like I don't want to go waste like 50, 60 bucks on a meal. And like I know that I could have done it better. So like making my own pico, I'm making my own queso, making my own chips, smoking my pork, but like it's literally perfection. It's like my Saturday project to pull this all together. Oh my God. You cannot beat full pork nachos with the house. Jal- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> I'm really glad we brought that up. Oh, well, William wrapping this up, where do, where can people find you and maybe like um, some of the new gear items? When do you roughly expect them to maybe hit the website? Uh, new gear. We're tentatively shooting for nine, one, nine, one, is that target date, maybe nine, two, nine, three, but like that, that those couple of days sign up for our email, sign up for our email, sign up on social. I, I cannot, we go out of gear quick. We're not like we go out of gear quick. And so like get there, we will give advance notice when this stuff is dropping. So you can know, cause like, I know like there's already a waiting list for a lot of our windproof fleece and the T1000 fans. That's just going to happen. And I think we even have a waiting list on the grid fleece, but there's waiting lists already built up. So sign up, get advanced notice, get in that queue as quickly as possible. Uh, and then fleet.com, www.fleet.com. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. I'm going to do Gabriel a solid. Uh, the YouTube for fleet outdoors is actually really, really good. It's a good, it's a good pace. It's well shot. There's like cinematic stuff, but then there's like really funny, like, or like how high can we climb with, 10 climbing sticks videos like it's really it's a good channel so i would if you're a youtube guy check out fleet outdoors on youtube thank you guys all right william i'm gonna wrap this up stay on the line here